0: Hi, this is Dawn Abbott, President and CEO of Fun Productions, Connections Team Building and Training, and Coach Teacher Facilitator at abbottcoach.com. If you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue, and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to this podcast, the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend Stacy O'Burn.
1: If you're ready to get out of your own way, to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacy O'Burn as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome
2: back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a newfound friend of mine, Don Abbott. Don is a CSEP. CEO and owner of Fun Productions, Inc., which she began with her husband, Tim, in 1991. They started the business from the ground up and have changed, reinvented, and improved upon both the businesses and life through a huge number of ups and downs, trials, mistakes, and obstacles, which I think we can all relate to. Dawn started another entity as a passion project in 2010 and serves as the owner and creator creative officer of that company as well. Connections, team building, and training. Don served for two years as the Western Regional Vice President for ILEA and has served six years on the ILEA Denver Board of Directors. She was induced into the ILEA Denver Hall of Fame as well as Colorado Meeting and Events Magazine Hall of Fame, pretty impressive. Dawn has also served on the Meetings Industry Council Board and on the Denver Small Business Development Center Advisory Board and the Colorado Meetings and Events Magazine Advisory Board. Sounds exhausting, doesn't it? (laughs) Dawn has grown her small business from a tiny startup out of her home to a multi-office, 15,000 square foot warehouse and showroom with 15 full-time and 100 plus part-time employees and multi-million dollar revenues. Life took a turn in 2013 when the Abbots had three businesses, 18 and 21-year-old sons and a busy life. The accidental blessing of Don's pregnancy, just when their empty nest was right around the corner, started some big changes. Three months after Tim and Don's baby was born, the family and community lost Tim in an accident. Dawn was supposed to be slowing down, potentially selling a business, reconnecting with a husband of 25 years while getting used to an empty nest. Instead, she was a widow with an infant, two young sons who had lost their dad and businesses to run without a partner. She made very intentional and calculated decisions to find her passions, discover her strengths and start choosing what her life was going to look like. Through the last nine years, Dawn has explored, read, gotten several certifications, joined mastermind groups and dove deep into self-discovery and personal development, something her and I both hold very dear. While she still owns Fun Productions and Connections, her son has taken over running the day-to-day business and she acts only as the advisory and chief culture officer. She now is focused on what she feels is her most important business project, Abbott Coaching. Dawn now understands the reason she is on the planet is to work with small business owners, especially family-owned service companies to get them in the driver's seat of their businesses. She is passionate about entrepreneurs finding their sweet spot so they can get what they want from their business and life. Her role as a professional EOS implementer is to help businesses create a crystal clear vision, and we'll dive into EOS in a little bit, to instill focus, accountability, and discipline that create the transaction required for growth and help business leaders become a more cohesive, functional and healthy team, and that's what we all want. Hey, I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation today with Don. and really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you needed or wanted, or if you're stuck in your business, in your success, or you just want more and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Dawn, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm honored to be here and appreciate you having me. Uh, you know, the feeling is very mutual. When I met you, I felt such a connection to you. And then when we had that conversation uh, a few weeks ago, I got really, really excited. Your, your journey is a lot. I mean, you've done something that <laughs> that very few do, you know, very few build the level of success that, that you've built and very few have continued to evolve and transform and build even out of tragedy. So I really wanted to, to dig in and, and talk about the journey. What, what got you into wanting to be an entrepreneur? Because let's face it, it's not easy. Yeah. Right. Right. And I will have to say it's somewhat accidental.
0: I mean, just including the the success of it at the beginning. Right. Um, it was, you know, by no other choice, really. Here we were two young kids, no college degree, just had a baby, N- new events. Right. We, you know, we were in catering and things like that. Um, saw an opportunity and just knew we we had a better chance of making something and making a good life mm-hmm. um, by counting on ourselves, rather than trying to move up the proverbial ladder that, you know, <laughs> yeah. a ceiling for, for us, right? Yeah. And um, so it was just kind of the, it was a side hustle at the beginning, you know, how a lot of people start a business, you know, the... Yeah the, and then until it got to be where the plan B, <laughs> um, our jobs mm-hmm. were getting in the way of the plan A, this entrepreneurial organization. And so, um, you know, we had to, we had to give up the, the plan B thankfully, yeah, um, and go all in with the, with the business. And, um, yeah. and so glad we did. And yes, it's, it's so hard. It's, it's not for the the faint of heart <laughs> at all, and it doesn't have to be as hard as we made it. <laughs> gotcha, <I'll
2: have> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. you know a, a lot of people really don't understand the grit the grind the sacrifice that that it takes to really build a business you had just said that plan a got in the way of plan b plan b got in the way of plan a
3: mm-hmm.
2: so you know a lot of people out there are attempting to build their dream build their passion while still supporting themselves with yes. that job Right? Mm-hmm. right, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I remember one time when um, it was when I was going through that god awful lawsuit with my ex business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I I found myself working seven income opportunities. Two of them were jobs mm-hmm. in order to pay the legal bills and build my dream. And how did you know? for one, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. And then for two, how did you know it was time to leave? Yeah, I would say um,
0: the the first question around, you know, how did we do it? Work ethic, right? And, and what I have since learned is um, while I hung my pride and badge of honor on this incredible work ethic that we had, like just work through it, it wasn't always the smartest choice to work hard, right? <laughs> and um, so if we had to work a 38 hour shift, that's, that's what we did. Um, and, you know, and, and found myself at one point, you know, on the bathroom crying after one of those shifts, filthy, doing things physically, loading and unloading trucks that I shouldn't have had to do, working all night at an after prom, right? And then loading equipment myself and, um, and thinking, there's no way I can keep doing this. Mm. I'm going to, you know, just tell him tomorrow I'm going to quit. I'm going to go get a job and he can run this business on his own. Speaking of Tim, my husband and um, and then realize there's no way that's going to happen. He will suck me back in. It will be, I just need a little help this weekend. Just this one thing. Right. And, <laughs> and if I wanted out of this, I would actually have to pack our bags and, Tear my family apart and leave to get out of this, and knew that there had to be a smarter way. And some businesses succeed and some don't, and why? And started digging into that and really getting kind of the tactical, strategic stuff of working smart rather than hard. And once we started seeing some of the successes around that and getting a little more balance in life, and then the more predictable income, right? we knew we could kind of leave our, our jobs. Um, But I think when you're in the trenches and all you're doing is working, you don't even see that you're, you're making enough money to leave, or you can't, you know, you're just, and sometimes it takes that freeing up bandwidth of taking that full leap and going all in to even see that you've, you've made
2: headway and you have started to see success. Um, Yeah. You know, a lot of on Absolutely. A lot of people chase, pursue this, this, this unicorn of work-life balance, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, and reality is when, when we pursue that concept, we're doing ourselves an injustice because our unconscious mind, it it, it knows that anything other than 50, 50 is out of balance. Mm -hmm. And when we're, when we're, Building when we're running a successful business or building, establishing a business, the 50 50 is non existent, right? However, however, 49 51 for some people is acceptable, 60 40 Mm -hmm. for some people is acceptable. So, really, when we're in this building phase, the startup phase, this evolution phase, this growth phase, and the enjoyment of success phase, we look for the work-life harmony, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I've
0: always called it. There's seasons, right? There's seasons in life, and some of those seasons require that you work more, mm-hmm. and and you'll have a season where you'll get to work less.
3: Yeah. But
0: but there's a season, and and there's never. And you're exactly right that if you count on on there, you you having everything perfectly balanced and enough time spent in each of the areas of your life, you're going to be sorely disappointed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, our unconscious mind is like a toddler. It's why I call it the itty bitty shitty committee. Oh, and, that's funny. <laughs> and and when, when it doesn't get what it wants, it throws fits. And if you don't listen to it, it gets louder and or it shuts down. Right. Sure. So, so it's really important to look for harmony. It's really important to no matter what phase you are in business or, or your professional journey or success or, or whatever, it's important to understand the key areas of your life and establish boundaries and learn how to harmonize all of them. Yeah, absolutely. I so I would venture to guess, and it's only because it was that way for me, that starting out success meant one thing to you. And then when you got to like a middle area, semi-established, the definition of success changed. Mm -hmm. And then when you became established and successful, the definition of success changed again. Absolutely. So starting out in each one of those points, what was your definition of success? And then share with us the evolution of it changing. Yeah. Okay. I think at the beginning success was
0: simply being able to pay the bills and f- feed ourselves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> success was, you know, maybe we can replace an income. Um, and, um, and then as you do that and then I think it was about, Oh gosh, maybe success looks like not sacrificing our entire life to make a living right you start looking at wow all of the things we're giving up and and yes we're making more than we made at jobs and we have more things and you know we we, we're giving our kids a great life and all of that is great but maybe there's a piece of this money-making treadmill that we're on where success is defined as you know also having a life and also not, you know, and putting the business into perspective that it's just your business, it's not your life. And that would feel like success. Um, And then I think moving forward when you, you know, again, you start putting those strategies and processes and procedures and all that stuff into place to start getting that. um, I think then success became to me what has now been very beautifully defined um, in Gino Wickman's new book, The EOS Life, which is simply doing what you love with people you love, making a huge impact, having time for other passions and being compensated appropriately. Hmm. And if I can live that way, boom, that's all the success I need. And then better yet, if I can help others in my life, like my leadership team and my employees and live, have that same thing, that's more success than I could possibly imagine. That's, that's utopia for me.
2: That's phenomenal. I, I love that, that definition of the evolution, you know, there's a metaphor that's relative to, to that journey. And, and when you really think about it, when you walk into a room that has a dog, If Mm -hmm. you start chasing that dog, what does it do? It runs away, away. right? Now, money is the same thing. So many people starting out, for whatever reason they're starting out, me including, right? So many people chase the money. And reality is anything we run after, anything we chase becomes repelled from us because of the energy that's backing it sure however mm-hmm. if we stand there in a space of service you know that middle ground where success tends to eventually get redefined after we start getting established if we mm-hmm. stand in that space of service and gratitude and appreciation and knowing and owning our expertise and and just truly being of service and allowing ourselves to make the impact that we truly are here to make, it becomes a little more effortless Mm -hmm. because it stops running from us. There's not that, for lack of a better description, that desperate energy. Now, look, I'm not talking about um, standing there in a space of all knowing that it will come, you know, Mm -hmm. speak it and it will create because, you know, one of the biggest things about the secret Mm-hmm. was if you asked any of the experts that were on the secret, the secret was on the cutting room floor. And that was the action behind the belief. If everyone could start their definition of success with how we end our definition of success, success would be so much more simpler. Mm-hmm. Because it becomes this effortless posture, this effortless position of we serve and we actually look for harmony in life and we actually look to live versus exist sure and enjoy right yeah absolutely what inspires you through all of this because because let's face it in your bio you talk about that tragedy hmm yeah. And, 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 and losing your husband to an accident right after you thought you were going to be an empty nester and then <laughs> gave birth to a brand new baby. Uh-huh. And how does one pick up and, and move from that Dawn? I think there's, you know,
0: we were talking in our earlier conversation about your place of pain is your place of impact. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, the, the amount of growth that that trauma gifted me um, was substantial. And and to the point you were just saying, right. At one point, right after that, the business was such an incredible burden, right? Like I, (laughs) and that was the mindset of like, how can I do all of this? and this stupid business, right? and then waking up one day and going, Oh, wow, I haven't even been there or cared about it. And it is doing just fine, right? The team picked up the ball, and they ran with it, and things are going well. And so part of that gift was this forced letting go, and this forced mindset shift that I wasn't needed in all of the decisions and I didn't have to be there and control everything all of the time. And so that Mm -hmm. mindset allowed me to see the businesses, what a glorious benefit Mm -hmm. and how lucky am I fortunate? Am I that I am able to take care of this baby And have an income and not worry about some people, what might worry some people after a tragic loss like that, like, how am I going to pay the bills, Mm -hmm. I didn't have to worry about that, and saw the business as, oh my gosh, I don't even have to be there, I can take care of my life, and I can figure out what's next and start getting intentional about what the future is going to look like and do some healing and some grief work and not have to worry about how I'm going to make a living. And then all of a sudden it's, it's growing like crazy because I'm just looking (laughs) at it like the benefit that it is, you know, and, and being grateful for it rather than feeling like it's the place I got to go to, to grind. Um, And so, you know, to get back to your question, what inspires me, it was, it's just um, my team, that the fact that they were all reeling as well, and what's gonna to happen to us? And what's, you know, the, one of the founding partners is gone and what, do, what are we all gonna do? And is she gonna come back? <laughs> and, um, you know, and so they, and they, to keep going in the midst of that, I think is inspiring. Um, and then just also just, you know, grief itself is is a huge, you know, lesson it's just, there's so many lessons within it. And, yeah. and so my life now is much more about living in gratitude. Cause I can't tell you how many, you know, same shit, different address conversations I had with <laughs> wives and business owners about how hard marriage is and this business and blah, blah, blah.
3: Yeah. And now I
0: go, what a wasted time, right? Let's just look at, at what you would miss if it were gone. Um, and, um, so you know, and realizing that life is fair. I've, I've been given so many blessings and and we all get knocked in the teeth
2: And, <laughs> and, and that, that's that's what it looks like. Um, yeah, it and, sounds and like it, from the struggles. It sounds like at at one point uh, when Tim had passed, you almost resented the business. Oh, for sure. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was like, here is this thing. <laughs> and now you left me in it. Right. Like, I, I don't know that I can do this by myself. Yeah. Um, and, and now I've got to figure out what to do with it.
2: Well, I have to tell you, you really positioned yourself for success because so many people smother the baby, smother yeah. the business and disallow it to really leave the formative years and get into the, the, the true developmental independent years to where it becomes an entity to yes. where, to where it doesn't really need you. Mm-hmm. Right. You probably, at, when, when you get to, to that point in business, you probably need the business more than the business needs you because building, it becomes that badge of honor. Like you had referenced yes. earlier.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I was absolutely in that place where
0: I was choking it Mm. by needing to be in all of those processes and systems that we set up, right? Like I had a step in all of those because it all had to come through me. And, um, you know, I've heard that the term, you know, control, fear and ego, right? We stay in our business because we've got to control everything. And we're afraid if we let go or we let them deal with the client or whatever, it's all going to fall apart. Um, and, and it wasn't by anything that I made a conscious effort to do. It was completely accidental that I was given that gift of the mindset shift, shift, right. Of it it took me not being able to be in that place Hmm. um, for me to see that I didn't have to be in that place. Um, And was given that, that opportunity to, to do, to self-discover,
2: Wow. That's incredible. What an incredible journey and I'm sorry you had to go through it. And it sounds like the woman that, that transformed and evolved out of it is absolutely incredible. Oh, thank you. Thanks.
0: Still a work in progress.
2: progress. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) if if you had to step back and ask yourself what's your number one key to success what would that be
0: um definitely some perseverance and resilience hmm. um and number one maybe is just kind of a you know like what you were talking about earlier that ability to show up and humbly serve right so having this idea that okay um the success that I now have is because I want to help first Mm -hmm. right and um and I would do it even if I didn't need to get paid to do it yeah the the coaching work right and so um it's that being humble enough to go okay wherever this takes me I'm not searching the dimes and the pennies and the, you know, I'm not scraping for the the paycheck. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to help. And, and, um, you know, my life has given me that blessing to be able to just show up and help. And then success just comes. It's just when, when we know who we are and we're very clear in, in who we are and um, what our gifts are and what our purpose on this planet is. Yeah. It, it's just success just happens. It's just flow. It's nice. Just, yeah.
2: So I want to talk about two F-bombs in business. Okay. F-bomb number one is failure. Mm-hmm. So, so many people have an allergy against failure. My opinion of failure is very different. So I, I actually look for how I failed every day because it's nothing more than feedback of what worked and what didn't work. Right. Absolutely. How has failure been instrumental in your success journey? I think it's, it's everything. I mean, I think,
0: you know, like you have to fail a lot. Like you just said, fail a lot and fail fast. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. <laughs> and because I can't remember really looking back on 30 plus years of business, like the big triumphant successful moments. Cause you didn't, I didn't learn much from them, mm-hmm. but I remember those times like the time on the bathroom floor or the time that, you know, the power went out at that event or the, you know, <laughs> and, and because of what came out of the failure, because of, you know, shoring up, mm-hmm the lesson
2: yeah
0: okay we won't ever do that again (laughs) but you don't get that same kind of feedback when you succeed it just feels good and you you know and you go about thinking that you're great (laughs) um but unless you're kind of taken out and taken down a little bit do you realize where you have where you have to make an improvement
2: and a change yeah you know Failure is such a powerful tool in the journey to success. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what success is. It's a journey. There is no destination. There's no finish line. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it's a continual progressive action state. Mm-hmm. And when you and and what's unfortunate today is some people start have recently started wearing failure as a badge of honor. Mm. That's not the intention of failure. Mm. It is a tool. It's not a badge and it's nothing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. It is nothing more than feedback. It is a tool for you to allow yourself to get even better. If if, if you're out there wearing fa- failure as a badge of honor, get really curious as to the purpose of that. Sure. Because if anything, it's, it's, it's just a blinded blind spot uh, to, to, to mask the ego or mm-hmm. to protect the ego, right? right. Look what mm-hmm. I did and seem proud about it as opposed to getting curious as to the purpose of that outcome and, and navigating through it and learning what worked and what didn't work. Sure. So the second F-bomb in business is fine. You know, when I remember growing up, when my mother said she was fine, I would cringe. (laughs) I remember growing up when my best friend was fine, I would cringe. And I know today when my wife or my daughters say they're fine, I get scared. (laughs) Uh Oh,
0: (laughs) so we have to talk about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So so to me, this this is a bigger F-bomb because. In my humble opinion, service is overpromised and underdelivered, especially since the pandemic. Mm. You know, cultures, corporations, companies, salespeople just lay back on excuses. Mm. You know, the pandemic, this, COVID, this. I, I I find, I find the more someone seeks and searches service the less it exists and and i'm not saying that it's not out there i'm just saying that the pandemic really diluted uh, the the entire concept of service and not only that it also diluted the entire concept of culture when you when you really look at and i know that we're getting into your specialty Right. Mm-hmm. When we really look at the corporate dynamics, the, the corporate environment, the environment of business, a lot of it's gone remote. Mm-hmm. And the culture's changed. Sure. And it's become more about the bottom line. Let's face it, it's always been about the bottom line in big business. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. However, it's becoming more about the bottom line now because the pandemic really woke up the beast and allowed the beast to realize they can make more profit with less, doing less, offering less, servicing less, with less people who they're paying less. They've gotten rid of an immense amount of overhead. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sure. So the people who are left the frontline soldiers, you know, if you ask them how they feel about their job, I'm hearing more and more. It's fine. Mm. Right. 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 So the F-bomb of fine, if, if you're delivering a fine culture, if you're delivering a fine level of service, be prepared for a rude awakening, be prepared for a huge shakeup one way or the other. Right. right. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So let's explain to our listeners what EOS is. And okay. because, because I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that EOS really does address fine, that F-bomb. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right. Yeah, we start the EOS journey going, okay, you got to a certain level in business, and you do need to take, you know, celebrate that, right? You need to take responsibility for that success. You did a great thing. Um, and... You need to take responsibility for the mess you created that's sitting in the corner that you kept (laughs) like, we'll deal with this later, right? And tear that apart. Um, And we're not going to allow chaos to be fine anymore. (laughs) And we're not going to let hope be our strategy. Uh, And so uh, EOS stands for uh, Entrepreneurial Operating System. And um, it really does those three things. We take an entrepreneurial organization and we say, first, we need to get crystal clear on what the vision is. And by vision, it's who you are, your core values, where you're going, how you're going to get there and what your purpose, cause and passion is. And make sure that not only are you clear about that, because I know for myself in business, like you said, my definition of success changed My purpose changed a whole bunch too, right? And so when I got clear about what was the most important thing we're doing, and then I could distill that down to the rest of the organization. Now people get to decide, am I in this boat with you? Because I want to be that too. And I want to go where you're going. And this, I want to be aligned with those values. And, and that's how you get, you know, everyone on that same page and crystal clear about the vision. So that's the first thing we do. The second thing we do is traction, mm-hmm. um, which is just creating that, you know, because the, you know, a vision without traction is hallucination, right? We're not, but <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's a Gino Wickman quote. Yeah. Um, and so we create this accountable, disciplined organization where everyone has goals They're held accountable to meeting those goals. We're running our business from metrics and measurables, not gut. Um, And, and, you know, when you've got an entire organization from top down with at least one goal every quarter and they're getting it done, can you imagine where you can go? Right. Yeah. Uh, And then the last thing is one of the other things I'm really passionate about is that healthy, cohesive team where these people do what they get to do. That's their unique ability, that they love doing this and they're doing it with everyone else that's core value aligned, but they also are vulnerable so that they can trust one another mm-hmm. and they're having healthy conflict and, and all of those um, you know behaviors of a co- cohesive team that Patrick Lencioni talks about.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's kind of the third part. And when we can do all three of those things, with first the leadership team and as goes the leadership team, so goes the rest of the organization, it's magic. Um, and no, there's no magic wands or silver bullets, um, but it, um, when you do the heavy lifting and, and you get real, um, it, it changes, you know, and when we implemented it at Fun Productions, the, the part of the story is that, you know, at one point my son decided you know, when I was going to consider selling the business in around 2016-17, he, the oldest, you know, which <laughs> was born at the same time the business was born. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he wanted to take over the business and buy it from me, and we're in that kind of transition and, and process now. But um, I had just read Traction and realized, okay, this is exactly what we need to set him up for success in the future.
2: Nice.
0: And, um, so between 2017 and and 19, we increased revenue by 30% net profit by over 300% and had a great time. The best years of the business when, you know, five years later, I didn't know how I was going to do this by myself. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we're having the best years ever. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's when I became a professional implementer, when I knew that he was set up for success and he was ready to go. Um, discovered what I wanted to do with the rest of my life
2: nice Um, yeah yeah what's what's the sweet spot for EOS um I I I ask because you know some of the people who are listening right now are starting up going I don't even have a team and Mm -hmm. then some of the people who are listening right now have have an established business and have you know some employees under them so so where's, where's the sweet spot? Where do you best fit? Sure. Um, so definitely privately
0: held organizations, uh, of about 10 to 200 employees is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to say two to 200 million, but who knows with where right. inflation and things yeah. are money no longer has the same value.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But, but I would say at least that $2 million revenue mark. So you're, you're at a place, these businesses are at a place where um, everything they did to get them where they're at is not working to get them through the next level. Mm-hmm. And they're hitting the ceiling and it's time to have some kind of revolution in order to keep evolving. They're yep. just not going in that straight trajectory up. Um, yep. They just keep, <laughs> keep banging their heads against the ceiling and going back down. And, yep. um, and so that's where it, it works perfectly.
2: Nice, nice and then the,
0: the companies have to be ready to be open and honest like i said at the beginning they have to be ready to to
2: take responsibility for what's going wrong and and say what needs to be said yeah you know the the beautiful thing about that is when when people an individual a company leaders take responsibility that means the removal of all excuses mm-hmm. and that the buck stops here the responsibility is is the leadership because everything operates at the speed of the leader. Right. And and sometimes feedback is painful and that's why they call it growth pains. Yeah. Kids experience them, teenagers experience them, adults experience them and so do business owners. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In big <laughs> ways. <laughs> so with your experience in EOS, what What's the best advice you can give someone who hasn't achieved that level of success yet and wants to, and they're on that journey? Yeah, I would say
0: first, you know, there's a book, Traction by um, Gina Wickman, who created EOS. Read that book because it, you know, it's obviously going to give them a lot of the tools that can set them up on the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, that start with that vision place. I think I spent a lot of years in business. Like I said, you know, I just want to replace an income. Mm-hmm. Never thought about what ult- what's the ultimate goal. And I yes. think that's really important that so many people go into business and just kind of think, well, if I could just make a living, that'd be great. And what if they started with, okay, when I'm making a living, what's going to be next mm-hmm. and who I am getting very clear on those core values, yeah, it's really everything yeah. Um, it's putting a stake in the ground of who we are and how, what it looks like to fit here. Mm-hmm. And so even when it's just them getting clear on that is a great place to start. And then ultimately, what do I want out of this business? Nice. And is it to grow it, to sell it? or is it to have a lifestyle business or is it to pass on to my family someday? Like mm-hmm. get, you know, dream a little, right? Mm-hmm. And, and get clear about so that the decisions you make have a filter mm-hmm. uh, and so that you're not like, I spent so many years just making, seeing, solving, right? And like, pff, just making decisions with no real basis. Yeah. And now when I make a decision, it's like, is it aligned with my values? Does this allow me to move my purpose and my missions forward? Does it let me use my strengths and my skills? If it doesn't, then no, it's really decisions become real easy. So if they can kind of get that clarity, um, you know, and spend some time, um, it can help so much with every decision they make mm. how and how they're moving forward and preventing all of the shiny things that visionary founders see. And I mean, we started, like we had four businesses at one point, right? Because Ooh, shiny things, another revenue stream. And right? <laughs> when you get really clear on this is who I am and this is what I do best and this is what I'm passionate about, just do that. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you? Then do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know, and when you get you know really clear on that, the rest, the rest comes. And so I think, yeah,
2: that would be my advice. Is- I think that's great advice. And I think so many skip really essential important steps you know they uh fail to really get clarity on their vision they Mm -hmm. fail to really get clarity on their mission they Mm -hmm. fail to to get clarity on like you said what it is they want from Mm -hmm. the business out of the business and about the business and those core values are uber important you know some people have a conscious understanding of their values and that's not really even their value system because our value system is our second most unconscious filter. And rarely are we aware of what we're unconsciously valuing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, if you were to ask somebody what their top five values were and they rattled them off, if you elicited them at an unconscious level, that they'd be so different. And what happens is when, when people... Make decisions. The blind spot is they don't know why they're making decisions. Okay. So because we have two most unconscious filters, our meta programs, which are our most unconscious filter, and then our value system. And those values, if you don't know your values, you need to, because reality is they are going to impact your decision making process, whether you're aware of it or not. Mm -hmm. And and absolutely, conscious values are are fine. I'm going to drop mm-hmm. that F- bomb, right? Conscious values are fine because at least, at least it gives you a level of awareness. However, if you're attempting to build a business that's outside your value system, you're constantly going to hit that ceiling and eventually get a headache.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not being aligned with who you were created to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it will be a constant rub, right? Yeah. Constant friction. Absolutely. Um, and, and you see it, and every I mean, without the values, you you hire an employee, right? right? And without without knowing what they are, you you know, you start working on all these ways to develop these people that aren't just, that aren't working. And the reason why they're wor- not working is they're just not the right people for you. They're not bad people, no. and and they could have all the skills and, and experience on their resume that you could possibly ever dream to have in this position. Yeah. but. If you aren't aligned on this is the way we behave here, it's never going to work. It just just can't. You can't fix that. And and everybody should free themselves of that. <laughs> <laughs> we spend too much time at work to not to yeah. not like what we do and who the, who we do it with and and feel aligned with them.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people um, avoid realizing that their business, no matter how their structure is with the IRS or the state, right? Their business becomes this personified individual, this entity. Mm -hmm. It may start with their value system because they absolutely inserted it into it. And just Mm -hmm. like a child, it grows up and Mm -hmm. it starts taking on its own value system. Because right. of the contractors that get hired, the employees mm-hmm. that get hired, you have this melding pot of values. And it's really important for you as the owner, the entrepreneur, to understand what the company value system is. It could mm-hmm. be in alignment with yours. It's going mm-hmm. to be in a strong alignment with the, of yours. However, sure. it's taken on the values of other people as well. Yes, Absolutely
0: and if you're not careful mm. right, it can take on something that's not aligned right exactly. you can accidentally have a set of values because that's just how it happened right yeah. or the hiring manager yeah. had was the wrong person and didn't have the the a good values fit yeah. and so you know yeah um, so if you don't get intentional about it very easily it can become accidentally
2: not who you are at all. Yeah. So I, I, I want to jump into a semi-deep topic and, and that's how does someone stay motivated uh, when, when things aren't going right, when things aren't going their way, you know, we are coming to the endemic, yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing this other side now of, of what has truly shut industry, business and the world down for a couple of years mm-hmm. or at least it tried to, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think there are so many people who have just had the wind knocked out of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do they, in your opinion, how do they reignite their motivation? get motivated or let alone stay motivated in their struggle, in their turmoil? Yeah. Um, Well, I
0: certainly can relate, you know, fun productions is a live event business that that large scale, you know, high school, college and corporate events. Mm. So what happened to us after that 2019 best year ever is a 100% shutdown, like (laughs) zero revenue. And I look at it like another rock bottom in my life. There was a huge grieving period of I have, like, it was just on the precipice of, of my son taking over and everything, like all this freedom and getting to do what I wanted. And now I've got to help him rebuild this. Um, and yes, the, the wind completely gets knocked out of you. Um, and so to to answer your question, I think um, and I don't want to, you know, what did they call it? A dead horse, beat a dead horse, a dead horse. Um, <laughs> but I think what has kept me motivated in those times of, you know, the dark night of the soul or the, you know, mm-hmm. 40 days in the dark forest, mm-hmm. um, is that knowing why, why do I do this? Mm-hmm. It can't be to make money because if I'm not, why am I still getting up in the morning? Yeah, And and so because this is my purpose, this is why I'm put here. That's why I keep getting up in the morning. And Mm -hmm. if I don't know that, um, you know, Mm -hmm. that's real hard to keep going when you're not making money. And there's been time, those times in my life, right? Where there's four paychecks in my purse. (laughs) 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 I I can't cash them (laughs) because I have to make sure everybody else's don't bounce. Yeah. Um, and I'm still getting up every morning because you know the purpose of fun productions is to build community. Yeah. And so when we didn't have any community we could build physically, we had to find other ways, right? We were having barbecues at the warehouse with the team, even though everyone was laid off. And yeah. right so you still had to do something that helped push your purpose, yeah. your cause, right? And so um if that's building community, you do it regardless of whether you get paid or not. And then that makes you feel like getting up the next day, being yeah. motivated. Um, and, and I also think it's the appreciation of the struggle, right? I could, after the perspective I've had with losing my husband 25 years and all of that, when I got to this next rock bottom of you know, watching my whole business, I had to, you know, sell a warehouse and, you know, I had to make some lay off an entire team. I loved, um, it was knowing that I'm sitting in this crap right now and I know I will be better for it
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and having that faith that the struggle is part of what will make you better. And so now, you know, and you're sitting in it and it's hard and it hurts and you just want to know what the lesson is. Can you just, can I just get out of this hard so that I can see the light and why this, why this had to happen? Um, and now I'm able to kind of look back at that time and go, okay, part of the lesson here is that now Josh, my son, he never had the hard of starting a business, right? Yeah. He had a great team. He had everybody to do everything. He didn't have to wear all the hats and learn everything. And now he has that.
1: He's yeah. rebuilding
0: that business and whew, he's getting kicked in the teeth. He's he's getting a, a lovely lesson in humility about yeah. how much he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's also getting the, the huge benefit of getting to build this and rebuild it and know that he, he did that. Yeah. It wasn't his parents just handing it off. Right. Um, and, um, and I'm all kinds of lessons, more lessons I'm learning about myself and, um, was able to write a book during this time, you know, so there's, it's, it's that when it's hard and it's dark, we have to, like you were talking about resilience before, right? There's this, this balance between wearing that identity of a victim as this this badge of who you are, mm-hmm. or the opposite that can also be hurtful is this whole shining, glossing over the hard to yeah. see how inspiring my story is. Right? Mm-hmm. I could live in that identity too. Of oh yeah, I've had a lot of hard, and then I you just get back up, right? And I think it's you have to to have that balance of the hard is hard. And we have to be real and vulnerable and honest about how hard it is, so yeah. people can can have that to relate to. Yeah. Um, and we have to move on. We have to, you know, we have to get get over the hard and learn from it.
2: Yeah. You know, for me, it's 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 all of what you just said and. When, when someone is struggling, when someone's having a hard time staying motivated, it is a really good time to step back and, and really reflect, really look at the fact that we are the common denominator in all the good and all the bad in our life. Mm. Amen. And, and <laughs> taking responsibility and asking ourselves, what about this is about me? What did I do to create? good what did i do to create the bad because reality is we can blame it on the economy all we want we can blame it on a pandemic all we want we can blame it on any exterior force all we want and reality is we are incapable of controlling the environment Mm -hmm. we are capable of controlling how we respond to the environment absolutely And when we step back and go, what did I do? What choices did I make that put me in my current situation? And what can I do differently to get out of it and accept responsibility for that, then put together a plan because let's face it, a goal without a plan is nothing more than a dream, right? Right. Right. So if we can really get clarity on what needs to be done and how we're going to do it and then move from there, That's great. And if we've done this many times and we're still the common denominator of it, all you're doing is running a program that gets to be rewritten. Because if we attempted to use the very first cell phone that was ever built today, it wouldn't work. And Mm -hmm. so many people continue to deploy programs that were imprinted in us in our most formative years, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, and they're continuing to create results and not understanding and not accepting responsibility for it. Yes. So if you haven't achieved the levels of success that you want, and you're struggling staying motivated, reflect. -hmm. Absolutely get curious as to choices that you're making that are creating the existing environment.
0: Right.
2: Dawn, welcome to the signature question of the show. And that is what does selling without selling mean to you?
0: Selling without selling means that you're not showing up to get. Hmm. Right. That you're not your goal in the conversation you're having is not to make the sale, yeah. get the, the signature on the contract, that your only mission for showing up is to explore what someone else's pain points are, to listen, to be able to hear what they need, what their problems are, where they're struggling, and to simply know enough about yourself and what you do Mm -hmm. to know that you have with 100% certainty and authenticity the ability to help them with those problems, Mm -hmm. right? And that if you can't, then hopefully you can just be friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you can then that's your purpose. Your purpose is not to make money. Your purpose is to help them with their problem because you know you have the right solution. Yeah. And then you
2: don't have to sell anything. <laughs> you know, I did, I did an entire episode on what is selling without selling um, a long time ago. And, and, you know, for me, selling without selling is having a mindset of abundance, having Mm -hmm. a mindset of clarity, having a mindset that truly embraces choice Mm -hmm. and understands that every decision we make is a choice, good and bad. And every result we had is based on the decision and choice we made and Mm -hmm. accepting responsibility for that alongside of Allowing yourself to stand on a platform of worthiness mm-hmm. and appreciation and service and support. All aligned with showing up to serve. Mm-hmm. Because reality is people don't want to buy. People don't want to be sold anymore. People want to buy. And and they have needs, wants, and desires. And, they really don't care about our product services and solutions. They care about their problems. Mm-hmm. And so many people attempt to deploy all these sales tactic and sales strategies. And they're, they're removing the, the human element out of it. So selling without selling is allowing yourself to be able to step into people's map of reality, speak into their listening, and helping them, serving them, being part of their decision-making process. And if you are the best of the best, getting out of your way so that you can help them have their way. Right. Right. So Yeah, don't... I think it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues, and I like to ask our expert guests some questions so that our listeners can turn around and go, oh, I really like that. And I want to apply that to my life. Yeah. So, What does your morning ritual look like? Um,
0: well, you know, that baby is now almost dying. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm remarried. Um, and so it includes both of those folks. <laughs> who, yes. what we call our harmony bubble in our house, the mm. three of us. Yep. Um, and so I get up and need to spend some time alone. I have to stretch getting old. It's like, I have to do at least 30 minutes of stretching or I can't move well. Um, and I do what I call my prison workout, which is in my closet, because if I have to like get dressed and go anywhere to work out, then forget it. It's not happening. So I just get to move from my bed to my closet and stand in a, you know, seven by seven, maybe foot area, um, to do a little workout. And that's perfect for me. Uh, (laughs) And then, um, while stretching, I do some meditation and take kind of a clarity break every morning to, you know, just sort of, um, not put any input and just let the output happen. Like, what do I need to know today? Um, and spend about 20 minutes doing that. And then it's time to, um, get the family up and get going. And my husband does the, the breakfast and the packing of the snack and we get ready. And I take my daughter to school. It was my commute, um, and come back and, uh, make sure that I do 30 minutes of riding every morning before I start doing any, anything else. And I try to do all of that without ever looking at my phone first. Cause that that's how my d- day will get hijacked. Like do all <laughs> of those things first. They're most important. Don't let anybody hijack it. Yeah. And now I'm ready to be hijacked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that ritual. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. one more question for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What's your favorite word and why? My favorite word is peace.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and it just means so much. Um, there's so many aspects of peace. Yeah. But I think it's my ultimate goal in
3: life—not
0: mm. to always have joy, not to always have happiness, because that's illusion. Um, but if I can be at peace with whatever's going on, um, then 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 that's good enough for me. Just you know, to be able to get myself to a place of
2: peace. Thank you so much for sharing that, Don. It's been. Really awesome to have you on the show. And I've loved our conversation. If our listeners want to reach out to you, find you, follow you, connect with you, how can they? Um, so the coaching is, is Abbott Coach, my last name,
0: double B's, double T's, A-B-B-O-T-T coach.com. Mm-hmm. My website, um, social media, all the same platform, Don Abbott or Abbott Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, And there's lots of, if you go to my website, there's lots of kind of opt-in and then you can, you know, get little shells of wisdom and, and blogs and all of that stuff. Mm I also offer to business owners, um, 90 minute free training on EOS um, for your leadership team. Nice. uh, I leave you a vision traction organizer and a book um, and tell you about the the process and give you a hundred percent of people who I've given this, this free training to mm-hmm. have, um, appreciated and said the time was very, very well, well worth it, whether they
2: become clients or not. So nice. So, um, let's talk about the best kept secret. You're launching a book. Tell me about the book before. we. I am. Out.
0: It's still a manuscript. It's not a book. And I'm like kind of feverishly um, doing last edits because it goes to the editor next Monday nice. um, so the hope is by November at the latest
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I can't even tell you the title because I'm struggling with what the title is but it's um, just a, a look at all of the lessons and the s- sort of life hacks or tips that I've applied nice. to once this lesson was learned here's what I did to improve life from that. So that's right. sort of both in business and in in personal life.
2: Well we'll have to have you back on the show after you launch the book in November so you can tell us all about it. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been mm-hmm. phenomenal chatting with you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. You as well. Thanks. Thank you. Hey your success is important to me and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I would love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Second, jump over to Instagram since you're already got your phone in your hand. Jump over to Instagram and uh, follow us at the Stacey O'Byrne. That's Instagram. Follow us at the Stacey O'Byrne. And last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you and get feedback on the episodes to find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this show more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and know you deserve. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacey. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacey. Let's get a 30-minute call on the schedule and always remember this. Choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon.